0: Hi, beautiful soul fam. Welcome to today's new Ceremony Circle Podcast Voyage. I'm your host, Shaman, and the author of the best-selling book, Animal Power, Allison Charles. And today is a colorful, expressive journey as we sit around the fire with the outspoken host of the Say It Out Loud podcast, the upcoming author of the Say It Out Loud book coming in spring of 2023, self-expression coach and actor, Vasavi Kumar and as a first generation Indian immigrant Vasavi made her parents proud by going to Columbia University to receive her second master's in social work and through her say it out loud group experience mentorships and communication training Vasavi helps her clients to be more comfortable confident and in control during interpersonal communications media interviews etc so they can show up confidently. Basavi is also a dear friend of mine here in Austin, and in learning about her style of sharing, which she does so openly and honestly about her background as an addict, as a therapist, and all that she's bravely faced in life, I knew I wanted to have her on to bring her unique flair and teaching style. So just some of what we dive into today, why saying things out loud is so important. Why does it matter? Why does it matter so much that she's written a book on it? Some incredibly potent wisdom gems on checking yourself before you hit publish on that Instagram post, that Instagram comment, that email, that text, whatever it may be. She shares genius advice on how to make sure that what you're saying out loud is coming from a healthy and embodied place. So you're adding more consciousness rather than pain to the world. She also shares what seeing a therapist every week for 16 years did, and what gaining mastery in how to talk to herself, what that has provided for her. She's also on the cover of Austin Woman's Magazine this month, so we chat about that experience and how her Indian background and upbringing, her recently evolved relationship with her parents, and letting herself finally recognize all that she has to offer has brought her to this current rebirth moment of stepping into so much new. So let's dive into the wisdom of therapist, guide, author, and actor Vasavi Kumar. this? Hanuman. Oh this is Hanuman. Hanuman. Yeah.
1: yeah. I got this in India in Bihar. Wow. So it's they have different art from different places in India. So okay. this is more North Indian.
0: Wow. we or South, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: And so you do 40 days and you always put the little we take sandalwood paste and we take the red powder and we just outline. This is a 25 year old painting
0: mm. from my house. Yeah. So beautiful love so much. I'm so honored that Hanuman is with us. Yes. For a Ceremony Circle Voyage together. Okay. So, I mean, now that you're here and Hanuman is here, I feel like it only makes sense to start when I was tuning in, you know, and with your book uh, coming out sometime soon. When exactly is it going to come out?
1: It's going to be out spring of 2023. My manuscript is actually due in 10 days. Yeah.
0: So you're very present to that experience. And I am too, just from knowing that you're close to your deadline. And can we say the title? Say it out loud. You could say the title out loud. Yes. Uh, So the title is say it out loud. (laughs) And it's so focused and so specific. And so when I was feeling in of like, okay, as I go on this journey with her, where should we begin? every time I do that tuning in with you, it does take me back to your culture Mm -hmm. and it does take me back to your family and your upbringing. And I'm not sure why. Is it because due to some of the cultural ways or just due to how you were brought up, did you feel so suppressed that it eventually led you to this calling of feeling of saying it out loud?
1: To be really honest with you, I myself as a child, I personally didn't feel suppressed, but I felt the suppression of both of my parents and I felt like I had to be their voice. I write about this in the introduction of my book. I say I used to stand in between both my parents when I was like four years old, they'd be arguing and I'd wake up and I'd stand in between them and I'd say to my father, okay, now you say how you feel out loud. And then he would say it. And then I said to my mom, okay, did you listen to him? Now you have to say how you feel out loud. Mm-hmm. And I just remember from, I mean, no four-year-old should be mediating their parents' squabbles, but that's fine. At the age of four, though, I i just definitely remember thinking, Why can't y'all just say how you feel out loud, Mm. listen to one another, and everything will be okay? I could feel my mother's frustration with my father because he didn't really... Anytime my mother got elevated, my father would shut down. And the more my father would shut down, the more my mother would elevate and get activated, and then she'd walk out of the house. So... How I tried to mitigate that was, you know, I would tell my dad, say something, just listen to her. And I would say to my mother, don't get so angry. It's scaring him. We always say, we don't, I always said, let me own it. I don't want to end up like my parents. But the fact is I would already become like them, right? Because I, I took their suppressed emotions and what they weren't saying. And I internalized that. And when I went out to seek romantic partnership, I just kept recreating that same triangle with different people over and over again. So yeah, I mean, saying it out loud really came from my own pain of not seeing my own family saying it out loud. And I just thought that if they just were
0: honest with each other, everything would be okay. And did them not having a general or like an innate tendency of saying it out loud, did that have anything to do with the culture? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just, I'm
1: I'm very lucky, okay? I, I feel very grateful to have the parents that I have. I didn't always see it that way, but men are the providers. Women stay at home and they have kids and that's okay. But my, my mother worked. She was a full-time cardiologist. She, ran, she had her own practice and my father had his own practice as a CPA. I grew up very differently. I had a mother who was very forward in her thinking. She was not as uh, traditional. So for example, when you know my sister and I had our periods, we weren't just shunned away to our rooms or not allowed into the kitchen, which is very Indian of us. My mom was like, no, you're going to still be in the kitchen. You're not dirty or anything like that. And so we had a mom who was very forward and very modern, but culturally, yeah, I mean, you're not really taught, especially in the Indian culture to say how you feel. It's put your head down in your books, do what you got to do, be successful, make money, just that's Mm -hmm.
0: it. Wow. So how how unique and incredible they hear you pop out into the world and all of your (laughs) shape and form and expressiveness and colorfulness and here in studio for anyone uh, that watches the reels I post on Instagram at I am Allison Charles. Uh, Sorry. I just had to throw that little plug in there, but uh, if anyone watching the video, she's on the cover of austin woman magazine and, and you're in there too uh, yeah you're in there too thank you yeah. yeah so it's yeah it's so funny and cool how that worked out that we're both in this particular uh issue epi- thank you i just kept wanting to say episode i was like this is not an episode but here you are on the cover and it has your name and it says living out loud and like 10 page spread and you're so going against yeah the traditional cultural norms of your culture, and what was that like? Did you ha- did you know did you have a sense of awareness of that growing up that you were so unique?
1: That's so. It's even hearing you say that you're so unique just hit a little different. It w- A first thought that I just had, and I'm just going to say it out loud, it's like, am I that unique? And then the second voice is, yes, I am that unique. It's just owning that part of myself. I'm just getting used to, you know, I just turned 40, so I am clumsy in my newfound mm. awareness. I am just getting used to owning my power. Mm, okay. I, w- I want to be really honest with everyone. I am just really starting to own what it feels like, to own my worth and value. Sorry, I'm, I'm gonna, I, this is moving me to tears. It's taken me a very long time to actually, like, own... Mm my worth and my strength and my power. So even hearing you say that you're unique, that default voice is like, you're not that unique. That critical voice, Mm -hmm. you're nothing special Vasavi. But then I do have that wiser, sage-like voice that's like, you are though. Forgive me for being clumsy in my newfound awareness. I'm I'm just learning. I think I always, it's not that I didn't know. I just never understood why. Mm -hmm. You know, when people just told me things, We had to go to the temple every weekend. Or I wasn't allowed to go to sleepovers, you know, and I just wanted to fit in. Because we grew up in an all-white town. I was the only Indian family. My dad would say, just say yes. When your parents tell you to do something, just say yes. Mm -hmm. And I would say no. I'd say, tell me why. I want to hear why you're telling me not to do this or to do this. I want to know logically why you're asking me to do it. Mm -hmm. So I've been that way since I was a kid, and I guess maybe I didn't appreciate my inquisitive nature back then, but now I do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And for some reason, when you were just sharing that, the word seeker was coming in and, and I could be incorrect, but it it seems like, yeah, the seeker in you, the inquisitive mystic in you was so alive right out of the gate. And I'm kind of just loving your fierce soul for like not letting that inquisitive mystic seeker part of you die off because it's like, it's kind of about it, these age ranges where, and oftentimes it's for very understandable reasons, like our spiritual gifts and some of our most powerful qualities can really get suppressed or totally go offline. And for me, I definitely had that happen for me. I felt like I had a choice point between Keeping my seership, my seer gifts alive and my connection, clear connection to God, goddess alive or keep my relationship with my dad alive. Mm. And I chose my father at that young age. It's like, okay, this seems like I kind of need to have a dad around. So I'll squelch the spiritual capabilities. But I just, I love this fiery spirit in you. That's like, even though like this might be aggravating to my dad or like, or to whoever. my mother, your mom. Yeah. Okay. You kept, you held the line. You always held that seeker line. And so why say it out loud? Again, it's like, it's such a specific niche of things. Like why of all the things that you can write a book about and teach about, why is saying it out loud the most important? I'll tell you why.
1: I look at us, this human form, as we're just like channels and vessels, right? And I've recently gotten into acting. I've told you this. I know you you can appreciate that. I realized, and my acting coach said this, and it's all just making sense, but like my acting coach, Mona, always says, we are vessels and we are channels. And in order for God's spirit or the muse to move through us, we need to be clear on the inside. Mm -hmm. And so when I keep stuff inside of me resentment anger sadness thoughts these things that just are polluting my insides and just not making me feel good I am clogged and I like I don't get that creative inspiration I don't feel good I feel stuck and so the way I keep my channel and vessel clear is I just say the thing Mm. now I want everyone to know that saying it out loud does not mean that you say every little thing out loud this is not about Verbally, you know, vomiting all over people. It's about giving yourself permission in the car, by yourself, in the shower, Mm. with close friends, people who you feel safe with, Mm -hmm. including yourself, because I want you to feel safe with yourself to hear your deepest thoughts, is to just get it out of you. Because when you do that, don't you just feel that relief? You're just like, oh, it was in me. I just wanted to get it out. And then Boosh! like you've just cleared yourself out. And so if you do that enough times, you start to feel clearer on the inside and then you're not stuck. I mean, in the right. most simplest terms, that's how I have found that it yeah, works. Yeah, that
0: makes perfect sense. It allows like fogginess and distortion. And the other thing that's that's coming in is I feel if you put this way of living into practice and into embodiment, it just becomes your way of life in a healthy way I feel like an important byproduct of this way of life is having less of a propensity of, of projection. Mm -hmm. Like things get Mm -hmm. untangled Mm -hmm. and projection causes so much mess.
1: No. Yeah. I mean, yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. No, meaning no to the projection. Yes. It causes a mess. Absolutely.
0: Interesting. And I also love, there's so much in this particular area that we're, dissecting and I want to give it its due space because I also agree it's so important because yeah, just like in shamanism and for those who listen regularly to ceremony circle, I'm sure you've heard me talk about this, but one of the most important things that I teach and that is the shamanic way is wholeness, the totality Mm -hmm. being at one with all that is and yourself is not excluded from that. Right. It's like, and doing shadow work is an imperative piece mm-hmm. of shamanism. It's finally bringing to the forefront and speaking to, ta- saying it out loud to, and developing a healthy relationship to these aspects that we've previously been embarrassed about or held shame around or been in denial around. And so, why, from your perspective, because you're a therapist as well and like have that whole deep background, why? Is having a like wholly integrated self so important, like not suppressing um, and finally bringing into liberation these darker, scarier aspects so they're not hidden gremlins anymore?
1: That's a great question. I I wanted to say one thing that I didn't say for the, the, the previous question is that the number one reason why I encourage people to say it out loud is because your shame quite literally shrivels when you say it out loud. When you keep it in your head, it becomes your truth because it's just in there bouncing around and you're like, this must be the truth because it's just in there. Right, because that's all you're hearing. But when you say it out loud, you can actually detach from it and be like, Is that even true? Mm-hmm. Is this I mean I'm like literally looking like hearing this voice. Is that even true about me? And so that leads to the next question. I used to say to my dad, and I'm I just can't believe I, I didn't know how to talk to myself back then. I used to say to my father, my subconscious is so conscious. I feel like I'm gonna be a tortured soul for the rest of my life. I would always mm-hmm. say that because all the things that were dark about me, my shadow side, I I had have been communicating with that side of me for so long, I just didn't know how to heal those parts of me. Mm -hmm. They existed. I had these, I mean, I have these very dark, judgmental, mean, jealous parts of myself that I was acutely aware of, but I didn't know what those parts needed. And Mm -hmm. that was like the, that was like kind of like the final stage of healing is like actually being able to give myself what I need and talking to that part of myself out loud. And so why it's important to integrate is because every single part of you is valuable. It's all part of you. You need every single part of you. Like you are a whole person. I don't want to move forward in my life and be successful and leave parts of myself behind. Mm -hmm. I want to bring my whole self to the table. I want to be at peace with every single part of myself. So when I show up, it's It's not like this is just one version of me. No, this is me Vasavi Mm -hmm. in my entirety. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be like, oh, I'm on this podcast, so I have to present myself in Mm -hmm. this way. No, I don't this is like, I am bringing my whole self and that allows me to just be here and talk to you and not try to manage these parts of me.
0: Right. And so, so much coming in, like it's bringing in the fullness of your journey too, because you're someone who speaks openly about your addiction past and going Mm -hmm. into rehab. And yet you're also a therapist. And like, again, that's another cool, I don't know if dichotomy is the right way of explaining that. Polarity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so as someone who is bringing your whole self to the table, uh, what can you recommend to someone who, as they're listening to us, they're like, ah, okay, guilty as charged. Like I do that. I present when I go into a meeting or when I'm around a certain person, I give this air of this thing and I've not been sharing this part of me. What can someone do to begin to, whether it's releasing pride or, you know, whatever that thing is for each person, how can they start to trust the process of bringing your whole self forward with less shame? So this question is wonderful. It's, as I've
1: been writing my book, I keep thinking to myself, people are going to think I'm crazy because I'm telling them to literally have conversations with themselves out loud. And in our society, talking to yourself out loud typically means that you're crazy. And I'm what I want people to see is and and feel is that you have to talk to every single part of yourself out loud and converse. Because when you talk out loud and you hear that, that prompts your next thought and it's typically a wiser thought if you just keep it in your head you just start to spiral Mm -hmm. so for example let's just use this as an example you're about to go into a meeting and you're in your cubicle or in your office or at home getting ready to get on zoom and you're nervous and you're like oh god i hate these meetings i always feel like i have to show up in this way say that out loud pause and then let that what is the next thought that comes up so if i were to say that i'd be like god i hate showing up at these zoom meetings I would be curious and say, Why do you feel? Like, what makes you feel nervous? I'm literally talking to myself. Well, you know, everyone's there and I feel like nobody respects me. Nobody really cares what I have to say. And then I can tap into that wise part of my mind and say, Is that really true? Do you really feel like no one cares about what you have to say? Mm-hmm. And just being that friend to yourself, right? Actually talking to yourself and you can respond back with and saying, I mean, I guess I'm just not
0: confident right now. I feel like nobody gets me. See, now you're starting. There's that victim side of me that I need to watch out for and, and bring into a more loving space or whatever. Yeah, it opens up for greater healing. Yeah, there was so much coming in when you were sharing that. I just want to tune into sure. which piece wants to come forward because, I mean, I, I, I know the power of doing this work. I personally love... Like when I'm feeling a certain way, that's one of my most cherished and fascinated voyages is like when I, when I can't quite put my finger on what it is I'm feeling and then I'll just like get quiet and I'll talk to myself. I am someone who walks around the house talking to myself all day, every day. So. Yeah. You can label me as crazy. crazy. So crazy. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I'll I'll just start to ask like, what is it that I'm feeling or where or going to where in my body? I feel it. And yeah, there's just like the, the pathway that opens up from just starting with a simple question. And I know when I was texting you last week, you had mentioned, you were like, oh, I'll bring prayer for you into my mirror work or whatever. And I know that mirror work mm-hmm. is a big part of your daily life. Can you mm-hmm. explain that a little bit? Yeah. I want
1: to I wanna paint two pictures. The first picture is when I was a kid, I would watch my dad get ready for work. He would come out of the shower he'd have his towel around him and he'd stand in front of the mirror and he'd put brill cream on his hair and he would comb his hair and i would just adoringly watch him because i i love my father and he'd say aren't i so handsome he'd be looking in the mirror and he goes we're gonna have a great day ta- we're gonna have a great day today shanti is so handsome my father's name is shanti and it wasn't weird for me i was like oh he's admiring himself and then he'd say come stand next to me and he goes say something nice about yourself and i'd say well, i he's so cute like I know Little voices and I. It wasn't weird for me to look at myself in the mirror and talk to myself. And mm-hmm. my father always said, "You have to be able to look at your reflection. Mm-hmm. You, that's how you know." My dad taught me that. So fast forward during my addiction when I was using cocaine uh, a lot, I. Would keep the lights off in the bathroom when you're feeling good is about yourself that you can look at your reflection. Mm -hmm. mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah, so yeah, it would be like 11pm whatever time of day it was and I would
0: not put the lights on in the bathroom. So this is interesting and I want to just marinate like allow that space that just got created through what you shared to really be with Mm -hmm. us and everyone joining us because Yeah, those moments, and there's no pun intended here, but when you let yourself see the areas where you're closing your eyes, because for me, after I had my spiritual awakening, veil lifting, divine intervention all rolled into one, one of the things, one of the illuminations of my continued awakenings that I continue to have to this day, but one early on Was it took me to how with my ex-fiance, and he was the catalyst for my awakening, but there was a lot of trauma, dysfunction in that very long journey. And one thing that I saw was that every single time, every time, for almost two decades that he and I were intimate, I always had my eyes closed. I was always shutting myself off from the truth of sex addiction, the distortion in our relationship, my own denials, like it wasn't, of course, I've long since taken full responsibility for my roles in this but yeah, it's that was one of, it seems so small perhaps but it's huge
1: you don't even want to keep your eyes open with the person you're having sex with, Yeah, I don't even want to look at myself in the mirror, no wonder I'm like on these drugs, I don't even want to look at myself Mm -hmm. that's, you know, so I went to rehab obviously once, twice. So Mm -hmm. it definitely, that's why I'm such a, I'm so adamant about even in the book, I say best practice would be to do these say it out loud exercises in front of the mirror. Like best Mm -hmm. case scenario would be stand in front of the mirror and use the prompts that I give you to actually watch yourself, have a conversation and notice what you're, how you feel about yourself. Like, no, do you like the person that you're staring at? Because the number one thing, and I'm sure you've heard this, the number one reason I have found with the clients that I work with, people in my Say It Out Loud group, why they don't want to go live their life out loud is because they're afraid of what other people will think about them. Okay, That's the number one thing. And I say, look at yourself in the mirror every single day, and you'll start to know when you love your reflection, when you can look at yourself and you admire that person. And I promise you the voice of oh, but what will other people think? It will turn down. The volume will go down. The more you admire and respect yourself and you like yourself, you do start to care less about what other people think. And I I never want to say like, oh, who cares about people? No, I care very deeply about what other people think. I just care more about my opinion of myself.
0: Mm Uh oh yeah that was a tweetable moment right there (laughs) i'll be sure to extract that quote out that we were at time marker twenty four there is a tweetable here okay yeah (laughs) you bring it out of me because that's what that's part of what the work she does so oh my gosh we're just silly i don't know the work i'm doing i'm just (laughs) silly with you but that's part of the work i know gotta laugh
1: i mean you are one of the funniest people i've met
0: Well, you know, it's good. It's like every once in a while, I I love when I'm able to have a guest like you where that side of me feels whatever, just more free or something because the spiritual path and ceremonial work can oftentimes bring with it like, oh, it's got to be a certain way and like Mm -mm. more serious tone. But I'm super goofy and super silly, which you see that side of me all the time. I love, wait, I, Mm
1: -hmm. sorry, I don't mean to hijack your show, but I just want everyone to know you are the best text texter you're one of the funniest people i've ever texted yeah. all through emojis and words and i'm like i it it makes me love you even more you know because yeah. it's another part of you and we talked about parts just because you wrote a book called animal power just because you're a shaman does not mean that you don't get to have this goofy side of you it's like all of it makes you animal power
0: yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure I, I circled two things and i think these are both excerpts from your article in in Austin Woman Magazine, but one said, being boastful and celebrating out loud, matching other people's energy to be more relatable. I think that was just like part of a Mm -hmm. a statement or a quote. Yeah. So there's that piece, but then there's this other one saying it out loud and what that means in an age where if you say the wrong thing, the quote unquote wrong thing will get you canceled. And I don't know what's coming up for you. And we can have you chat about whatever's percolating when you hear me say, those two things, but there's one other piece coming in from your last share. And I definitely agree with you. When you have done such devoted, relentless, deep inner work of facing your own self and doing that level of work, being on the spiritual path, yes, the level of self-reverence, self-respect, self-honor, self-love, all those really primary important things um, for each of us to be able to cultivate. It grows and grows. And that has been a saving grace. Um, When I have heard other people say whatever it is that they want to say about me, it's just like, huh, you know, it will sometimes take me on a unique journey. Sometimes I feel more human than others when I hear that stuff. But what I always go back to it's just the piece of like of knowing who I am mm-hmm. and the piece of the relentless devotion that I've put in to personal work and to this spiritual path. And it's like, huh, you know, some days hearing that stuff might be a little bit more of a bummer than another, but I'm always at this point able to meet it with love and I'm always ultimately able to send that experience or that person who said that love and I'm able to go to bed at night very peacefully because I know who I am. That's what matters
1: the most. I mean, people are always going to have opinions about you, but like I say, if you can say how you feel out loud, if you celebrate yourself and if you look at yourself in the mirror and you like what you see at the end of the day, I mean, yes, people are going to people, humans are going to human, people are going to have their opinions, but that's why it is so important that you know yourself, every single part of you. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And what are your thoughts then on this whole cancel culture stuff? Like, thankfully, it seems like the chokehold that cancel culture seemed to have on the world, or at least our part of the world for a while, it seems to have like softened a little bit, but God, yeah, I just feel like it created such a state of division and separation and fear. And, and yeah, it's like, For people that are very expressive or opinionated or authors or teachers or public figures um, on social media, whatever the case might be, I think that it really stifled a lot of folks out of fear that, yeah, they might say, like you said, something quote unquote wrong, like I don't know, do you have any tips on navigating that or or why is this an important piece to to investigate?
1: You do this really well, Allison. So like right before you're about to say something, you tune in and you're very quiet within yourself before you say something. I can visually see you getting quiet and being super intentional about the words that are coming out of your mouth. And so this is my tip to anyone who's afraid of sharing their opinions or sharing their feelings because they might be too much or they have some emotional perfectionism going on where only certain emotions are okay to share and they don't want to whatever all that just like you do this so well before you hit publish before you get on camera before you want to just just tap in and just, and be honest with yourself. Where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. It's coming from a place of me Mm -hmm. wanting to share. It's coming from a place of like, I want to help people to see that they're not alone. Like you need to come to terms with that within yourself. And that's it for me. I'm like, I know where this is coming from. I know the purity of the place that it's coming from. The rest of that, I just, people are going to people, people are going to comment. They're going to have their opinions, but I know where it's coming from. I have some of that, um, I don't want to be a bad girl. I don't want to get in trouble. You know, I don't want to be yelled at type of thing. Like, it's very schoolgirl vibes. So I've really had to tell myself I'm okay. I'm not going to get in trouble, right? Who's grading me right now? And so for me, all I really do is just I read what I'm about to say out loud. I... You know, these are all the things I do before I hit publish or before I, you know, record a video. I do practice saying it out loud to see mm. how I feel. Like even my entire book was mm. it has been written me saying out the words mm. and I pay attention to how the words vibrationally feel inside of me. And if I can tell when it's coming from mm. a cynical, jaded place, you know, when, or that place of projection, that, that place. Is, yes. It's like, oh, wow. I'm re- or even sometimes when I've been writing. It's almost like I'm treating my reader like they don't know any better. And I'm like, why am I condescending right now? I can feel that. So Uh, words are words. And I want your audience and your listeners to really pay attention to the vibration of their words uh, and how they feel when they say it. It's how I feel about the F word. People are so offended by the F word. I don't want to say it because I don't know if you don't allow cursing. People are so offended by the F word. And I'm like, why be offended? It's just a word. It's like you got to look at the intention behind the word. How are you saying it? You know, and Of course, this isn't. Across the board, because there are just some words, and I'm just like, no, you don't need to say that, but just get clear with yourself. What's the intention? Where is it coming from?
0: Yeah, that is such powerful advice. I think how oh, the world would be different if somehow anyone who shares anything publicly just did that one step, just did that one step, because that can open up, like there's already been so many examples of, and, and what you've been sharing so far, that can open up a whole exploratory world, a whole journey of realizations and awarenesses. What's coming in is something around how, especially in the last couple of years, just with the tumultuousness of just so much. life, Yeah. And so many things getting turned upside down and so many people's lives changing and so many questions and so much divisiveness and, and just all the stuff, right? The whole shamanic initiation of the last couple of years, a lot of those experiences of someone is not adept at doing the inner work, is not adept at holding their line with the divine, of staying centered and clear of so many things that you have to devote to, it You can easily start to operate from a place of fear, from a place of pain body, from a place of projection because it's easier to get mad at somebody else rather than face your own stuff and do your own work and do the things that you know you need to do. There's so much that gets kicked up and drudged up in a portal like the one that we've been in the last couple of years. And so I feel I have seen a higher propensity of people along with this whole cancel culture thing. Of Yeah, this projection, this pain body spewing of like, it's easier for me to try to get my community or the whole world mad at you than <laughs> me to sit in my pain and the shit that's gotten swirled up. And yet, if everyone's quote unquote, simply did that step that you shared of saying what you're going to share through an Instagram post or whatever it is, like speaking it out loud and really getting to that place of self-honesty of like, huh, you know, what is the fuel? What are the energetics behind Mm -hmm. this? That one step is a game changer.
1: So basically get quiet before you get loud. Right. But it's like, you're getting quiet within, you got to pause before. I mean, everyone is just so quick to post, to do this. And it's like, just stop for a second write your post out, whatever. I, I, I don't know why I keep saying post, but you know what I mean? Like blog or whatever and read back what you want to put out into the world and feel how you feel. As you say your words out loud, your body won't lie to you. Mm-hmm. you. I mean, I'm now, I mean, cause I just hit 40. I just started aquatic therapy. I am very much in touch with my body. So I, my body does not lie to me, but I've sometimes written stuff and I read it back and I'm like, boss, who are you trying to prove stuff to? Mm-hmm. I've, I've read paragraphs on an Instagram posts before I publish it and I read it back and I'm like, oh, that's proving energy. That's you trying to prove something to your audience. Delete. Mm-hmm. Cause I can feel it. And then I, I got to get to a place where it's like, I feel like I'm not trying to, I'm, it's not this part of me that's like thirsty and desperate for attention. Uh-huh. Cause I have that part of me from childhood that has craved attention. Cause I didn't really feel very important growing up and I felt invisible growing up, so I definitely have that side of me that can be very performative. Uh-huh. And I know that about myself. I will do more in order to get more. Uh-huh. And so it I, it feels frenetic inside of yes, me. It feels yes. frenetic. I'm performing. I mean, literally in the second grade, I was a clown for Halloween. Like, I, I am very good at performing. And there's a... I saw that picture. Yeah, I, my mom did the whole thing. But I, I have found a healthy outlet for that part of me, acting. I I love my acting. I love voiceover. So there's a place for her, Uh right? She gets to embody. She gets to be, she gets to be whatever character she wants. But when I'm writing in the hopes of helping another human, it doesn't belong there.
0: Oh God! It doesn't belong there. I just, oh my goodness. So much wisdom. And for any of the soul fam sitting with us, like if it resonates with you, I welcome you to like take, even take this interview slow. Like, if something that's being shared really like lifts a healthy fire within you or just strikes a chord like pause just hit the pause button and like be with the energetics and be with what's coming up inside of you for some reason that guidance is coming in and the flow of this particular interview is like just take it at the pace that you're being called to take it because there's a lot of wisdom, really helpful wisdom being shared. And I don't want you to let it miss you. Mm-hmm. And so whether you need to take a number of pauses to like sit and ponder what someone shared and why it hit you in a certain way, or if you want to listen through, but like listen again to this interview tomorrow, whatever it is, I just felt important to acknowledge like really Honoring what's coming at ya, fire hose, uh, the, <laughs> the fire the hose vasubi. that is Vasavi. <laughs> yeah, the fire hose that is Vasavi. Allow yourself to be bathed in these energetics fully. Hey, it's time for today's microdosing moment where I share about a product that's truly changed my life. Today, it's all about Lotus Way sacred flower elixirs and essences. I love the founder. She's a master flower alchemist, scours the planet for us to be able to use the world's most powerful healing flowers, blended into delicious tinctures, or a mist, bath salts, and so much more. Today, I want to share my new favorite. It's called Sacred body. It's an elixir and a facial mist, and it has nine different flower remedies for rapid detox, self-healing, including yarrow for vitality, pink lotus for wisdom, crown flower to remove toxins, and so much more. When I use the sacred body elixir and put the dropper full underneath my tongue, and also when I use the sacred body facial mist, I truly feel cleared of any negative energies. I feel revitalized, nourished uplifted i feel like i've got new healthy boundaries all around me i truly truly believe in lotus way so when you go to their website that's lotusway.com you can use code mystic at checkout that is all capital letters m y s t i c code mystic at checkout and you will get yourself a soul fam discount much love guys why this is a little bit of a tangent, but it just like keeps coming in. I was so fascinated. I believe you shared it in the article in the magazine because I know you're a therapist, but I didn't realize that you yourself went to the same therapist for like, what, 16 years?
1: From 12 until 28.
0: Gosh, I did the math and it, um. I actually dedicated my book to her. Really? Virginia Cummins,
1: I said, for the first person who let me know that it was safe to say it out loud.
0: Wow. I just dedicated it to her. Honoring Virginia.
1: She's still alive. She, I mean, she's like in her late eighties now. I call her every few months just to Go, hey, Verge, it's me, Vasavi. and she goes, hello. I mean, it brings me back to childhood. She's still around, yeah. Where
0: does she live? Long Island, baby. Long Island, (laughs) yeah. And I didn't write it down on this piece of paper, but I did the math, and I was like, wow, if you had what was it, weekly sessions with her for 16 years, it was something like close to a thousand therapy sessions with the same person. And I was fascinated by that because I think that's really unique because you started at what age?
1: I was 12 years old. I, my mom caught me smoking cigarettes. And I was silly, and I I smoked a cigarette, and I tried to flush it down the toilet, and my mom caught it, and she was like, what is this? And I lied, and I said, it must have been the guys who mowed the, I mean, I I was lying at that age. And that really is the nature of addiction, Mm -hmm. that any sort of, I mean, we lied. We feel so much shame, we cover it up. I didn't feel safe to tell the truth, but yeah, I started therapy uh, when I was 12 years old, and my parents just couldn't handle it. We were standing in the kitchen, and I go, I need to talk to somebody. And my dad had a brother who took his own life. And I i think my dad in that moment, when I said, I need somebody to talk to, he, they didn't even um, question it. My parents, mm. they found me. She was the first therapist and yeah, we were together for 16 years. That was it.
0: That is so mm-hmm. powerful. What do you think that unique voyage provided for you? Well, I guess you said one thing that it was the first safe space that you were in to be able to say things out loud, which now you're birthing a book of the exact genre of that. But when you're able to meet with a trusted person weekly for that many years, nearly a thousand times, what does that do for someone? It
1: validates me. It, it, it validated me. It made me realize that I wasn't crazy um, for feeling the way that I did, but it also, I stopped expecting so much from my parents. I just kind of gave up. In a way. I was like, ah, I found other sources. Mm. I found other sources to give me what I need. I learned from a young age that I should never put my, all my emotional eggs in one basket. And I learned that it was very powerful for me to have different people that I can talk to about different things. I may talk to you about something that I may never bring up with another friend. I realized that everyone serves a purpose. And I don't mean that like in a, I'm using you, but I, I realized that it's ridiculous for me to expect one person to meet all my needs mm-hmm. right so I felt a safe space with Virginia and I felt like that was the one place that I could be fully me but as I got older I realized there are other people who can who I can also talk to it, like I I don't have to keep it all bottled up inside is is what I realized but I think I also there's a part of me that always had that childlike dream of just wanting to have this really amazing relationship with my parents and I wanted my parents to be kissy and huggy. And I had this fantasy of how my childhood should be. But going to therapy really woke me up at that age. I realized, and it took me a very long time to realize I have do not have the power to change anybody. I, lear- I didn't learn it at the age of 12. I got that lesson. I was told that, but I didn't learn it until probably mid thirties, late thirties when I broke up with my ex fiance. So that's just kind of, I think going to therapy made me feel like, oh, look guys, I'm the healthy one. Can everyone get better now? Look, I'm getting better now. But I, it just made me realize that people are going to stay or change based on whether they want to change or stay the same. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I have control over is me and releasing the things that I have inside of me. And that's it. And it's heartbreaking to be honest, because I think as children, we just want to have that happy family. We want, we have that childlike wonder. We want that love. We want that. And I, I just didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. We, I, I found it in other ways, but I learned that if I at least said how I felt out loud, I could free myself from just keeping all of that stuck emotion inside. It was mm-hmm. too much for me to bear at that age. At 12 years old, being managing your parents and, and feeling this pressure of having to be a certain way and not wanting to... F- I I felt responsible for the happiness of my parents. So I checked myself in a way. It's like, instead of the adults getting help, I said, I need help. I don't know. I mean, that only could be by the grace of God that I even got that thought in my Mm -hmm. head. So, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah. And what did your parents both, I want to hear both, what did they have to say about you being on the cover of this magazine and this massive full-color spread in there.
1: My, well, my mother, I mean, she said to me, I'm so proud of you. And she told all of her friends. She shared the link. She told all of her friends. That felt good. She still hasn't read the article, my mother. What? Why do you think that is? She's busy taking care of my father, who is okay. slowly deteriorating. She doesn't have the bandwidth. Okay. And it's okay. It's fine. My father read the whole thing. So he read the whole thing, and he's like, excellent. It's excellent. His speech has slowed down. So mm-hmm. he's, he, has, he has a very small vocabulary they're very proud of me. And I said to them, y'all are just as crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, y'all like you, I'm your daughter and you've never once really stopped me from going after my things. You never understood that. My mom goes, you know, my friends ask me, what do you do for a living? <laughs> my mom's like, I still don't know what you do for a living, but it felt really good to show my parents because they came here. Very typical immigrant story with not a lot of money. They had very good education though, and they took a risk leaving their country their family, everybody, it was just the two of them here. Mm. And so I, this is like a testament to just the upbringing that I've had and that work ethic and their support. They may not have ever understood or agreed Mm -hmm. with anything that I ever had to say, but they cared.
0: Yeah. They cared. And they still held that supportive Mm -hmm. line. Yeah. I
1: understand that. That's powerful. And I don't need them to understand or agree anymore. Mm -hmm. I, they just, they care. And it's, Yeah, I just feel a lot of freedom between us now, Mm -hmm. with us. Like, I actually just went back to spend time with my family in uh, Dallas, and then I flew my parents back to Philly. And it was the first time that I felt a sense of belonging in my family, Mm -hmm. first time. Everyone's still the same. My sister's still the same. My my mom is still the same. My dad, everyone's still the same. But I felt this letting, I just, I didn't feel the need to try to change them. Like, I was okay Mm -hmm. with who I was my mom's being who she is. I don't want to bad mouth. She's just, she's yeah. just who she is. Yeah. She, but it was just like, that's just, I felt better inside. I felt better. And that's a huge, that's huge for me to say that because part of my story has been my family doesn't get me. I don't have a sense of belonging. I'm the Brown sheep of the family. I've had this narrative, which has brought me to this point, but I have decided that I don't want that narrative anymore. And it no longer fits me it no longer fits me. I don't feel that separation anymore. It's like y'all are who you are. That's it. And can I still be in the same room as you and not have this compulsive need to try to fix you? I don't feel the need to try to fix them anymore. Mm. And even saying that feels new for me because my story for 39 years, I just mm. turned 40. 39 years has been they're the villains. Mm. They don't get me. It's all I and mean, it's like I just, I don't feel that way anymore.
0: Wow. What a massive, powerful turning point in your life. That's a big pivot in the road.
1: I have to say that me being able to accept my mother as she is. It took me having to accept that part of her that I can't stand, which is highly anxious, often creates drama before coming to a solution. This very dramatic part of me that I get from her. I've internalized her. I had to soothe that part of myself and treat that part of myself with respect rather than shutting her up, which is how I've often talked to my mother. When my mother is in her drama and in her frenetic energy, I say, I got to go. And I just stopped doing that to myself because that part of me needs me to listen and so now when my mother gets that way like even on the way coming here allison she was a little frenetic about something and i said what can we do to support you what can we do she goes oh i just needed to say it mm. i just needed to say it out loud i say okay and then we hung up and that was it so that that felt really good and it i feel um at peace about that. It does feel weird even saying out loud that I have healed that relationship because that story has been the story in my life. My mother is like this. I'm a daddy's girl, I'm not close to my mother. That has been a story my entire life and I actually forgave both of my parents and I asked for their forgiveness for making it their responsibility as an adult to keep giving meeting my childhood needs, uh-huh. yeah, I I realized that like I was still expecting from my mother to mother me the way she should have when I was a kid, and I'm like, boss, you're damn near forty. It's time you give that to yourself. That's that for me was the mark that I I was growing up is that I stopped looking to my mother to be the source of whatever I was looking for. She's just a human. She was a human being before she became a wife, a mother, any of that thing, right? So I got to stop treating her like she is the end all be all of my existence and of my worthiness. I can't even believe I'm saying all this out loud. This is the first time I'm actually saying this out loud, but it's just, that's how I truly feel when it comes to my mom. I'm just, I'm done making her out to be the bad guy. Yeah. Wow. 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 Yeah. That's a lot. It's like now who can I be when I don't have that much anger mm-hmm. towards my mom? I don't know. You I will
0: just free. That was the thing I was seeing is like you just freed up so much space in your life for your life experience moving forward. I don't know who the
1: Vasavi who, who accepts her mother is. And accepts the mother inside of her like that i don't know who this vasavi is going to be but i i have i imagine she'll be a little bit freer less resentful less hateful less abrupt and cold with i don't like that side of myself when i talk to my mother i don't like that part of myself because it's unkind you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i i I know how i've been with my mom and i know this is not the direction you want to take this but i just i think it's important to just see see like how certain people in our life we could just be this person that we're like, we're not like this with other people. And so instead of trying to change my mom, I go, what's the part of me that just is so cold to my own mother. It's like, oh, that part of myself that I can't stand about her is the part of myself that I'm so dismissive. I'm so dismissive with that part of myself, Mm. but I just stop. I just stop being that way.
0: Yeah. Wow. It takes me (laughs) to, I think this was also from the article. It was, who am I? A constant state of evolution. And I wrote, amen, all capital letters. (laughs) Who am I? A constant state of evolution. And like what you just described is exactly that. You gave yourself permission to let go of a 39 plus year old narrative. You gave yourself massive permission to be in that constant state of evolution and here you sit in this new mm-hmm. wide open space so- clumsy in my awareness
1: I love saying clumsy in my awareness because i think people think when they have this awareness it's just like life is just going to be smooth it's like I'm having Bambi legs. Yeah, I don't know how to walk as this Vasavi who's confident and really believes in her worth and doesn't think she's better or less than anyone, uh-huh. doesn't have this rage and fury towards her mother, has stopped having angry conversations <laughs> with the voices in her head <laughs> with her mother and whoever else has wronged her. I don't know who this new Vasavi is going to be, but I'm willing to take it one day at a time mm-hmm. and be clumsy in my awareness. So thanks for letting me. Be clumsy here mm-hmm. on the uh, Ceremony yeah, Circle Podcast. I, uh, yeah, that's
0: what it is. Ceremony. <laughs> and yeah, it's beautiful. If it, you know, might feel like, yeah, Bambi Leg's clumsy, but it to you, but it's really powerful medicine for all of us that are able to hear you share about this. So, you know, when your mom said like, I still don't know how to even tell my friends, like, what what is it that you do? At times my mom has (laughs) said similar things to me. Like, I think now that I'm an author and like, I don't know, there's some things that now make it a little bit easier, but yeah. How with your constant state of evolution and with who you are in your current calling and with your being, what you're being guided to um, be of service for with the world, what does that look like right now? We know that you're completing your book and that'll be out in the spring, but with your therapy background, has that morphed? Like, are you now more of a guide for people in some ways? Like, what's that looking like?
1: That's a great question. And so how I answered my mother was, I teach people how to talk to themselves, period. I teach you how to talk to yourself by listening to how you're talking about yourself, about situations, and I don't just listen to the words coming out of your mouth. I listen to the energy behind it, right? Because from a young age, I'm sure you can relate to this, I've spent pretty much my whole life in trying to interpret what people were trying to say. Mm -hmm. I could always sense that people were not speaking the truth. I could tell when my mother was like, I'm fine (laughs) inside. She was not fine. So when you've spent your whole life just trying to figure out what people say and you just get so lost in the fog. And now I'm like, I'm excellent at hearing somebody say something and I can tell you're not buying into your own bullshit. Like you're saying something, but you're not believing it. And that's really what I love to help people with is like when they say something about themselves or about the situation is do you really believe that? Do you actually believe that? Cause you could be saying something, but energetically just doesn't line up. And so I would say uh, mentor, you can say guide, whatever. I work with a few people one-on-one. I have a say it out loud group program, which is really fun, but it's just really an opportunity for people to unburden and release the things that they've been thinking and feeling about themselves because those voices in our head are not ours Mm -hmm. they're not ours a lot of the voices in our head that they're just not they're just they don't have to be ours let me say it that way some of them are ours some of them have been given to us by the other people that took care of us school bosses whatever but they don't have to be ours anymore we can quite literally replace the voices in our head when we learn how to talk to ourselves every single part of us
0: it's Yeah, it's so powerful. And I know that you touched on this earlier on, but yeah, oftentimes when you do just give yourself permission to speak, whatever's been just knocking around, brewing around for like the last three months in your head, when you say it out loud, for me, I have found... Nine times out of 10, when you hear it out loud, you realize how absurd it Mm -hmm. is. That's exactly right. And the fallacy of it Mm -hmm. presents almost immediately Mm -hmm. and it loses its power Mm -hmm. just by doing again, like the theme of this conversation is like, wow, if you just did this one simple step it can change everything.
1: Literally just say it out loud. Like if you want to start a business and the voice in your head which is it oh you're not smart enough. Literally say out loud, "I can't start a business cuz I'm not smart enough." <laughs> really? Is that what you think? Like and then you get to actually be like, "Is that true?" And then the other person is you're like, "That's bullshit. Yeah. I'm so smart." Exactly. <laughs> and but then you get to tap into that part of you that that knows that You are bright and you are intelligent and you are, because I believe every single one of us has that deep knowing inside of us. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us has that God energy and we we are it. I mean, there's no separation. Mm -hmm. So we all have that deep knowing. Some of us just have a lot of voices stacked on top of it. Mm -hmm. So we got to clear those voices out so you can bring that energy up and you can like start speaking from that place and start tapping into that place.
0: Yeah. And it's so cool. I'm reflecting. um, I think, partly due to us arriving to this interview today and just other divinely orchestrated things um, going on energetically. But there has been for the last couple of weeks, this wave, this energetic, beautiful wave that has been entering in for me quite regularly where, and I'll be a little fumbly with this because I haven't Mm -hmm. put words to it yet. And it's still like this ephemeral, like energetic thing, but it's, yeah, it's this layer of this invitation. And it, there's big energy with it and behind it. Every time this invitation comes in, where it's an invitation of yeah, just like it—it it can all change at any time if if you want it to. Like you let's say i'm trying to find a concrete example we're clumsy today it's okay it's beautiful yeah it is i think it's beautiful too like this example of okay perfect example so with my seer abilities the main way in which my seership works is i can instantly see people's neuroses shadow aspects (laughs) oh yeah see the areas within themselves that are holding them down or holding Mm -hmm. themselves back that they are not yet consciously aware of. But to me, it's the first thing I become Mm -hmm. aware of. So that can create a very interesting dynamic then, because what I'm seeing most pronounced is something that they're so blinded to. And with this gift, there's a lot of responsibility then because... I'm a very firm believer in just because you see something doesn't mean that it's to be spoken in that Mm -hmm. instant. Mm -hmm. And there's also the huge responsibility of the container and energetic from which you speak from the frequency from which you're sharing from the safe space is created or not. There's a lot. And so it has created within me, I guess, frustration is, is a fair word. Like I tend to have a propensity at times to lack compassion because I'm just like, oh my God, this thing is so blaring and pronounced. They're so oblivious and Mm -hmm. aware of it. And if I don't feel... I am being divinely guided to share. Then what do I do with this whole dynamic? (laughs) How do I just
1: sit with this knowing you can see it? And how do I sit with this?
0: Yeah. And so again, I know this is fumbly, but what has been coming in for me this last week or two is like, even though it's been functioning in this kind of funny way for a long time now, you can drop all of that Mm -hmm. and we can invite in a whole new flow and a whole new dynamic of how this works. Mm -hmm. And I haven't fully arrived to how that new functionality will be just like you're Mm -hmm. learning new Vasavi, but like, I don't know that I guess I just wanted to speak on this as fumbly as it is, because I do feel the energetic current of this invitation coming in. And I don't believe it's just an invitation for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's this permeability for all of us right now to start to examine more fully. What are those ways that we've said we've had about ourselves that don't have to be those ways anymore? Mm just wanted to say it out loud.
1: Hey, hashtag say it out loud. Absolutely, you know when I hear people saying things, and that girl, that little girl in me, who four years old, who used to mediate her parents' fighting, and who could pick up things so quickly, the unspoken. When I'm around someone and I hear that, I don't, or, or I can feel right. I can feel that they're not being true to themselves, or you know what they're saying, the fallacy of their thinking. I don't say anything right away. I just listen. I love asking questions. Yeah. Because I feel like people are drawn to you, Allison, because your energy is just, it's, I, I love being around you. I feel so calm, just even though all my energy is like, whoa, 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 here we are. The insides of me feel very still right now. That says a lot about you, but I also feel that when people are drawn to you or drawn to me, I take that responsibility really seriously, which I know you do too. So I find that my playful energy and just being really curious and asking questions helps. And sometimes I just don't say anything because they haven't asked. Yeah. I've had to have some discipline and self-control because what I got in most trouble for as a kid was that I talked a lot. So I've learned, and my mom always used to say, which means stop talking. And I've learned that not everything needs to be said out loud. You haven't asked me, you haven't asked me what I see. You haven't asked me if your words are not in alignment. Who do I think I am to just offer that? I got to feel first to see, do you even trust me? Do you Mm -hmm. feel... I don't like unsolicited advice. Yes. Yeah, I know my, that's my biggest trigger is you're giving me advice and I haven't invited you in. That's how I, I feel very, I feel violated. Yeah. It's like, I feel violated. It's like, can you like celebrate me first before you give me some months? Okay. Because you know, and, and that goes back to my mother and I know that, but I just want to be very mindful of where other people come from. Mm-hmm. I had to discipline myself, even though I know it's coming from a good place. Mm-hmm. I have to ask myself, do I need to tell you this because I'm uncomfortable because right. of, you know? Yes. And, and a lot of times, it is me because I'm brought back to that chaotic environment. Yeah. I can feel your chaos, uh-huh. and I need to fix it. We need to calm it, oh, down. We, we need to say it out loud, mm-hmm. and we need to fix it, and so that's my stuff, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So I think it's so perfect that you chose the closing ceremonial practice that we're going to get into in just a moment. It's just making more and more sense as we've had our interview time together. And I love chanting so much. It's been a practice that I've done off and on in more devoted ways at times than others. But when I have been in a many month long time of daily chanting. It's one of my top five. Like when people come to me and they're like, I'm new to the path and I'm all wobbly, fumbly, bambi legged. Like what are some of the practices that were the most helpful for you? Like, mantras and chanting are are always up there. So I'm really excited of where you're going to take us in a moment, but before we get there, is there anything else? Like I know we, I just wanted this to be a flow, organic flow, and we covered a lot of different parts and different grounds, but is there anything that didn't get said out loud that wants to be spoken? Any tips, any last words of advice, anything, any sneak peek of what, the treasures you have in your book that you want to share?
1: The one thing that's coming to mind is actually an Instagram post, which I posted yesterday. My name is Vasavi. <laughs> I got that from you. My name is Vasavi. At- <laughs> <laughs> At- but I did post this yesterday because it did come through. I realized how obsessed I've been with the rise and fall story of people. Like mm-hmm. I love the rock bottom stories of people, and then I love how they bring themselves back up. And I realized in my own way that, I kept testing myself throughout my whole life. It's almost like I was testing my own rise and fall abilities. I was testing my own godlike energy and power. Mm. Could I destroy my life and then recreate myself and then Whoa. create myself? I mean from addiction, to divorce, codependent relationships, uh, getting arrested. I mean all these things in my life when I look back, it's like it felt like I was subconsciously choosing these because I was testing my own Godlike abilities, yes. and so I realized yesterday, and I want to share this with all your listeners and you know viewers and audience. You don't have to keep testing yourself. You don't have to keep putting yourself through the ringer over and over again. And maybe you need to right now. May and that's the season. So I'll never tell somebody stop doing this, or you know what I mean. Like your soul will choose what it needs to choose for you to get to or evolve into that next phase of who you are. You know, still clumsy in my languaging, but I realized yesterday. I don't need to keep testing myself mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Voss, I said out loud, Voss, how about we How about we start really like sinking into what we know rather than constantly testing to see how strong we are. Yes. We already know, girl. We, yes. we get it. And I think, honestly, my back hurting right now with my sacrum uh-huh. has forced me to just slow down and just be like, I'm good. We don't need to keep putting ourselves through the ringer. So for everyone listening, just mm. like trust this part of you, uh, the parts of you that have brought you to where you are and... If you can just say out loud to yourself, say, you know, I know, I know, I do know. I do know. I do know.
0: Ah, that was perfect little bookend to this journey. So great. So many gems in here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your time and your energy with me and everybody else. And Oh, I'll let you take it from here and explain. Um, I imagine there'll be some people new to chanting. So if there's any, anything you want to explain before you dip into the full space.
1: Okay. What I would like to say is my father's, uh, we have many different Hindu gods. Hanuman, who, who is the monkey god, was my father's, is still my father's favorite. Hanuman represents strength and courage. He's also the embodiment of devotion. So when you... Not in this photo, but in a lot of photos of Hanuman, you see him ripping his chest open, and inside you see Lord Rama and Goddess Sita, who he is very devoted to, which are two of our gods. Lord Rama is an incarnation of Vishnu, and Hanuman represents the ultimate devotion. So when I was 30 days out from turning 40, I said, I'm going to do... 40 days out, sorry. I said, I'm going to do 40 days of the Hanuman Chalisa. Chalisa means 40. And my father would have us chant this every single day because he wanted us to be strong and courageous. And I also said, you know, how about going into my 40s, I become devoted to the divinity within myself. (laughs) Imagine what may come of that. I'm like, all right, let's do this. So I, you know, just this is this is Lord Hanuman. We say this, it's 40 verses, and I printed it out with the description in English. This is written in Sanskrit slash Hindi. Uh, Sanskrit is the language of all of our scriptures, Bhagavad Gita, Mahabharata, Upanishads, Vedas, everything is written in Sanskrit. It's funny because I printed this out. I I don't actually know, I don't actually need to look at the words, but this is the first time I've ever chanted this, like, for people, I don't know how many people listen to your podcast, I'm guessing a lot, Allison, but it's the first time, there's going to be a lot of people listening to me. I know I get a little nervous. So I printed this out just in case, but... We'll be okay.
0: Great. And I think I'll see if we can also put this in the show notes because it, it is beautiful to see visually. Mm-hmm. I think it's nice to see the Sanskrit language. And so I'll see if we can get this added. All the show notes for each episode are always on alisoncharles.com. So if you want to uh, take this practice further or see it written in Sanskrit, we'll put it there. Okay. I'm going to sing. Great. I'm so excited. Okay.
2: Shri Guru Nijamana Mukura Sudara Vara Nau Jodayaka Palachara Buddhi Hinatanujanike Sumirau Pavanakumara Bala Buddhi Vidya Dehu Mohi Hara Hukalesha Vikara Jay Hanuman Gyanaguna Sagara Jay Kapishati Hulokau Jagara Ramaduta Atulita Baladama Anjani Putra Pavana Sutanama Mahavira krama bhajarangi, kumati nivara sumati sangi, kanchan varana viraja subesha, kanana kundala kunjita kesha. Hate Vajra or Viraj Kande Munjane O Saj Shankara Suvan Keshari Nandana Teja Pratapa Mahaja Gavandana Vidya Guni Ati Chatur Rama Kaja Karibe Koatur Prabuchari Sunipeko Rasia Ramala cana sita mana basia Ramalexmane Janeki Jebolo Hanumanaki Ramalexmane Janeki Jebolo Hanumanaki Shuks marupa dari si aidi kava, vikata roupa dari langka jarava, bima roupa dari samhare, Ramachandra Layasa jeevan lakana chiaye, Shri Ragu vida harasi ure laye, Ragu pati ki ni bahuta burdai, Tuma mama priya tumharo yasa gavai, Asa kahi Sanaka deca Brahma de Munisa Narada Sahita Hisa Yama pala jahante Kaviko sake Tuma upa shugriva hikina Rama raja राम लक्ष्मण जान जे बोलो हनुमान की राम tumharo mantra vibisana mana lankeshwar bai sab jag jana yug sahastrayojana parbanu leelyotahi madhur pal jano prabhu mudrika mukamai jal diladi Acharajanahi achrajna hi te te sugam anugrah tumhare te te ram duvare gya bina paisare sab tumare sarena, tumara ko ho Apanateja Samaro apai Tino loka haak ke kaanpe Bhuta pisachan Mahavira jabanama sunavai Ramalekshman janaki Jai bolo hanumanaki Ramalekshman Janeki. Jai Bolo Hanuman Nase rogahare harre, saba pira, Japatani runter, Hanumata Shankarta say Hanumana juda, mana cramavachana diana jo lavae, saba viraja, pinneke kaja sacala auramanorata jo. Lave Tasuameta Jeevan Palapavai Charo Yuga Pratapatumhara Hai Prasid di Jagata Ujiara Sadu Santa Ketumarak Vare Asurani Kandana Ramadulare Ashtasid di Navanidi Kedata Asavaradina. Rāma Lekṣmāna Rāma Rāsāyan Tumhare Pāsa Sadāraha Raghupati Kedāsa Rāma R- 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 Lekṣmāna Rāma R- 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 Lekṣmāna Rāma Lekṣmāna Rāma Lekṣmāna Janeki, Jebolo, Hanumanaki, Tumare Bajana, Ramakoba, Janma Janma, Keduka Bisrave, Antakala Ragupati Purajai, Jahajanmi Hari Bakta Aura Devata Chit. नदरही हनुमत से सर्व सुख करही संकट कटे मिटे सब पीरा जो हनुमत बलवीरा जय 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 हनुमान गोसाईं कृपा करहु sat bhara pata kar maha suk ho i jo yaya sa ki gauri sa tula si da ki je nat maha Jay Nath Redea Mahade Ram Alexmana, Janaki J Bolo Hanumanaki Ram Alexmana, Janaki J Bolo Hanumanaki J Bolo Hanumanaki I
0: just don't want it to end. <laughs> Chanting, just, it's like, firstly, love your voice. Thank you. No, it was so beautiful. Thank you for having the courage to sing that out loud for us. I was so glad when we were texting and I said that we close at the ceremony and what did you feel called to offer as soon as you said this, it really spoke to me. And the last couple of weeks from when we texted till we sat here and arrived here, I was hoping that I wouldn't get a text saying that you changed your mind. And I was like, I hope she, she really does this. So thank you.
1: You're welcome. And I want to say this, it might resonate with your audience, but growing up in a Brahmin household, our family is, you know, we're, we're like the equivalent of Orthodox Jews, Hindu Brahmins were the top caste. So there's a lot of ways that we should and shouldn't be what's pure and what's not and so i felt there was a long time where i stopped saying the hanuman chalisa because i'd gone down that path of drugs alcohol sex and all that and i i felt like who am i to be chanting god's name and i just want everyone to know that i don't feel that way anymore
0: oh yeah
1: who am i not to who am i not to say it you know so yeah, I just, I wanted to say that. There was one part of me, I got a little nervous. I was like, wow, I'm really doing this. And I I, I kind of fumbled over words. I said, you know, it's okay. We're good. We're, we're... So I just want everyone to hear that. Like, it really is just like, who are you being when you're saying it? It's not about what you say. It's who you're being and how you're saying it and why you're saying it. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just a byproduct of that, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. So good. Thank you so much. Wow. Oh, my goodness. It's always such a funny pivot after like a spiritual experience. You're like, so remind everyone where your Instagram is. My name is Vasavi. (laughs) Yes. I am Allison Charles. (laughs) I will put everything in the show notes. And everyone who is uh, in my Instagram community knows that when the new episode comes out. So I will, of course, tag you. But so the book Say It Out Loud will be out in spring of 2023. And if anybody, yeah, wants to connect with you or work with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: I would say if you're excited about the book so far, go to Vasavi forward slash waitlist, because we do have a waitlist, I would say reach out to me. Come to VasaviKumar.com. Follow me on Instagram at my, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't, no, okay. at my name is Vasavi. And yeah, if you when you listen to this episode, if there's anything that re, uh, that resonates with you, please send me a voice note. I encourage everyone to send me a voice DM mm. to start using your voice, or you can just message me. Let me know You know that you enjoyed our conversation, or if you have any clarifying questions, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm here. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure somewhere in your website, you have the link because the Austin woman magazine article is, it's really great. It's really in depth. So you can see fabulous pictures of her and learn more about her. It's both in the actual print magazine, but also I'm sure you link it online somewhere in your website.
1: Yeah. Thanks it's on my, it's on my website. And you, if you go to Austin women, it's, it's still up there on the website and uh, yeah.
0: And you can also, I forget what page I'm You're in. Th- Page 64, The Healing Power of Animal Energy. Rockstar shaman Allison Charles explains how to connect with animal energy. So there's a really beautiful article. The writer Janae interviewed me for that. So I happen to be in there too. So thank you again to Austin Woman Magazine for having us both share about our life and our journey. Yes. And thank you, Soul Fam, for sitting with us. I loved all the textures in this particular voyage. And yeah, blessings to you. And we will sit with you again next time. And thank you, sister. Thank you. Woo! What a beautiful, powerful voyage that was. It truly brings me so much joy and activates and lights me up to be able to sit with these incredible teachers, leaders, and masters from all over the world. So to learn more about them, just head to my website where all of the show notes and their details are listed. That's allisoncharles.com, A-L-Y-S-O-N-C-H-A-R-L-E-S.com. And remember, what makes Ceremony Circle Podcast so unique is that at the end of every single episode, you're able to immerse in a potent guided ritual, practice, or ceremony for your empowerment. So please feel free to make note of the practices that you really resonate with the ones that really light up your soul and come back to those episodes. Anytime, any day, you can use them as your daily practices. And I recommend starting your day with one of them at your altar space. Ah, it's been an honor voyaging with you today, and I would so truly appreciate if you'd open your heart to take a quick few seconds to drop a review on Apple, sharing what you love most or appreciate most about Ceremony Circle Podcast. Receiving those reviews is so helpful and allows us to continue to share this valuable content. And don't forget, if you haven't already gotten your copy of my new best-selling book Animal Power, you can do so anywhere books are sold or I most recommend going to my website. Again, that's allisoncharlescom backslash Animal Power, because when you purchase for you and your friends there, you get a free video guided shamanic journey to meet your current power animal that I facilitate. Animal Power Book is a modern day compendium featuring 100 different power animals. What each animal represents, their wisdom messages for you, guided practices, and stories from all over the world. I personally put the book up to my heart each morning at my altar, and I ask which animal most wants to work with me that day. And then I simply close my eyes and flip the book open to the page I'm guided and let me tell you i have been deeply moved to tears on many occasions and i can't wait for you to experience it as well i worked on this book for many many years and it's now my greatest honor to have it available for you so anytime animals reveal themselves for you you can just head to animal power book and see what that animal is trying to get your attention for all right soul fam let's unite again in our next episode coming out next week so we can sit together and continue to activate greater consciousness energies for everyone much love. this podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis you should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle